Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hi, and welcome back to The Secret Life of Parkinson's. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser, and I'm here with Brian Baker. Hello. And Brian, we're talking about you today. It's all about me. I know. We have no special guests, so you're the special guest. I am very special. You excited? I am so excited when um, you talk about me. I know. Well, so we're going to talk another, it's another DBS discussion. I feel like oh. we talk about DBS a lot, but I think it's really important because it's bringing awareness out to everybody that doesn't, is not aware that there's surgery options and thinking that medication is the only way which medication is still very important, but um, let's talk about what you went through. We had a quick initial segment, but it was only a few minutes. So take us back, what happened? So I went in uh, the end of June, uh, towards the end of June. And Act a they, little bit more excited about it. It was awesome. I went in the end <laughs> of June and I went to the Cleveland Clinic. Uh-huh. I got to hang out up there all night. Awesome. And then they came in at seven o'clock in the morning. They wheeled me down to the, uh, the operating room mm -hmm. which is where it kind of the panic kind of set in you know and when i was there i was like oh this is this is fine i know what i'm getting into and then as they're wheeling me down to the the operating room i'm thinking what the heck am i doing like why am i doing this what's going on are you really gonna let them open your head you're really gonna let them shove probes in you yeah. and like so by the time i got to the operating room they put you in like a little bay outside the operating room mm -hmm. where they get it all prepped i'm in full-blown panic mode i'm like i need to get off Where this yeah i was like i need to get off this bed and i'm like there's nothing tying me to this bed there's nothing were you all by no. yourself <laughs> yeah cause you're, oh, just, you're just sitting there like wait they're like you see the people running in out of the operating room getting everything <laughs> ready and i'm like i need to get off this bed and just run the other way i need to run the other way as fast as i can and then but you, you know, didn't so no because then i talked myself back down i was like okay Roz did it steve did it you know rick and mm -hmm. tom did it. you know i started like i started naming off all the people i know that were successfully went through it and they, they all said it was life-changing so yeah i talked myself off the ledge a little bit and then i started joking around with the doctors as you know they ask you do you know why you're here and i'm like yeah for an appendectomy right or, you know and, and they're, like, <laughs> they're like they're like they give you that strange look at first and they realize you're joking and so um so the, yeah, it was a. Uh, you need to calm them down too. Yeah, well, they I, they they said before the surgery, like we have to get you calmed down because your blood pressure is a little higher. I was like, oh, I can't imagine that. Yeah. So um, like, take take a step back though, and how did you finally decide that DBS was for you? So I talked to my MDS about it directly, and he uh, was pretty familiar with it, and he was recommended it um, as well. So then I went to the Cleveland Clinic and talked to another neurologist. But, but why did you do that? Did you are you just, sick of the medicine? Yeah, or are you, sick of... you know, I take so many pills. So like I think I told you before the surgery, I'm, I, I'm up to or was up to like twelve pills a day, mm -hmm. and you get to the point where you're just like I can't take any more. I can't swallow another pill. Like mm -hmm. I just can't physically do it sometimes. Um, there's that. And I said, when I got diagnosed with this disease, I was going to do everything I could to make my, the quality of life as long, the best it can be, as long as it can be. And I think I was at that point where I'm exercising, I'm working, I'm tr doing things to keep my brain sharp, you know, mm -hmm. what's the next step? And this was the logical next step for me. And this deep brain stimulation, it doesn't slow Parkinson's but it brings you back or like are you able to explain that I can't remember I don't 
yeah, basically it's just another it's another way of to minimize to minimize the... mask the the you know the disease it doesn't yeah. cure it i mean right. you we all have it and you've seen what happens when you turn it off with steve for example mm-hmm. um so we all have it and we, we don't get rid of it but it, it's you know it's a it's another option you know to the medicine that we take yeah. um so it you know and it just came down to me like this is you know talking to people that have had it done um talking to the doctors you know he honestly the surgeon said he would expect with somebody my age to get 70 80 90 percent improvement mm-hmm. in our in my movements that's awesome so if that you know even if you get any of that you know is better than none so what was it like after they wheeled you in because you're awake right yeah or they put you to sleep first well they they do a little bit both so they cut your they shave your head and they were like what you do i think good good thing you do you have a nice shaved head just yeah. like ross did yeah, you never know what you're gonna get you know i got a little bump up here you can't hardly see it now but it's where all the wires are at still so they're oh all, that's right so they're yeah. all tied in up here uh-huh. um you know but they um they shave your head and then they were like so they they must have like put me out in between shaving my head and like they were washing my head, getting ready for surgery. I was like, and they woke me up, and I was, and I was like, "Are we done?" And they're like, "No, we haven't even started yet." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so, um, so basically, they put you out and they drill the hole, and um, they wake you up as they they're putting like a basically a little microphone down into your brain, and you are awake and you're hearing your brain fire off. So it's they're like you're hear like white noise or like rain on a tin roof. Really? And it, yeah, and it's your brain firing off. It's crazy. Uh uh-uh. uh. Huh. And so. They they stick the probe down there and they'll they'll they hook up they'll hook a computer up to it and they'll be running te- running tests and they'll, they'll say can you say the days of the week and of course you're you have a tube down your mouth and tubes up your nose. Um, and Is they, it painful? N- no, because you don't feel anything. So, oh. so they have local anesthesia for the you know the the the, the cut here mm-hmm. and then you know with your brain there's no nerve endings in your brain so you don't feel any of that. But does like but I mean even like having like the tubes in like it's just you're just disoriented you're like i can't talk because i have a tube in my mouth why why don't you get this but it doesn't make you you weren't scared no okay you you have like a mask or like a shield over top of you too with bright lights and it's and they're talking to you and they're you know and they're Mm -hmm. like can you do this can you do that and you know, I'm making jokes and trying to be funny, yeah. the funny guy and, and stuff. And probably like, shut up, just answer the yeah, question. Yeah, they're, they're probably like, just quit. <laughs> just quit. Just quit. And like the whole time I kept trying to raise my head because your natural instinct uh-huh. is to like sit up. And so I was like, I kept trying to tell myself to just relax. And so hopefully I'm hoping this next time I go in here in a few weeks that I'll be, I'll know what to expect. So right. I'll be more relaxed when I go in. Well, because you know what to expect, you you do feel more relaxed, or are you a little bit? No, I'm I'm like okay, I know what to expect. I know how things are gonna go. Um, you know, hopefully I get the same cute nurses that I got last time. <laughs> that was a nice little surprise. <laughs> um, but and you had one side done. Now you're getting I the, the other I side. The, I had the left side done, which affects the right side of my body. Yeah. And now I have the left side done, which will affect the. Or the the right side down, which will affect the left side. And not everybody gets that. Some people just do one side, right? Yeah, I think some people do one side. I've also seen it where they do both sides at the same time. Oh. Yeah, I can't imagine that because we were in there for four hours, I think. Four hours? I think they started surgery right around eight, and we were in there at least until 12. Did it feel that long, or were you just out of it enough? That... You're just out of it enough to go, but then then you got to go to the PACU, and then you have to go to the you know before you get back up to the ICU, and it was just at the end of the day, you're just so tired, you're just like 
So what did you do though after like twelve o'clock and you were like done? What what did so what I went then? to I went to the the PACU, which is like the post surgical area, whatever it stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they uh, I was stuck there for three hours because I couldn't get my medications right. So they kept ordering the sentiment, and their arteria would automatically get de- deleted, and they kept ordering their arteria, and the sentiment got would get deleted. Oh, cause so I was like, just I don't care, just give me one of them, give me none of them, I don't care, just get me out of here and. Like we got it. We just need to. We got it straight. Finally, we just need your medication to get up here. So, um, but you felt like yeah, I felt fine. I could. I felt good that whole day. I mean, I was obviously I was out of it a little bit still. Um, but the next morning, yeah. So they take you back up to the ICU. The next morning, like I was ready to mm-hmm. go. Seven o'clock. I was like, I'm ready to get out of here. So you stayed the night in the ho- in the hospital, Correct. and then you left the next day. Yeah. So wow. about about. I was there until like right around lunchtime, and I was like, "Can I please leave?" They're like, "Yeah, you can go." I was in the hospital longer when I had an appendectomy. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because, like I said, I could, literally could have came home that day and really been fine. Yeah. Oh wow! So now that you like, you know what it's like um, going in and knowing like what's happening. How how do you feel about what is to come? And I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at is. You, what did you feel initially, and what does that excite you for? What's going to happen? So the I, feeling. You know, I talked to a lot of people, and I think you know it is a personal choice, and it's a personal choice when you decide to have this done. Mm-hmm. You know, they they tell you there's a window, but you can't be too advanced in your Parkinson's where you start to have cognitive issues, mm-hmm. and you can't be early enough in your Parkinson's where the medication is working just fine for mm-hmm. you. So there there is that window. And, you know, I've talked to people that have Parkinson's and they're like, there's no way I could do that. I don't, I, and I, mm-hmm. that's a personal choice. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to fight this disease with everything I have and everything I can do. And this mm-hmm. is, this is the next step. And the thing is, it's not permanent. If I need it pulled out, they can pull it out. If I need it turned off. I oh, can turn really? It, yeah. They, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. If you, if you need it turned off, mm-hmm. you just turn it off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's, it's not a permanent fix yeah. um, if you don't want it to be. But you talked about a honeymoon period. So yeah, so there is what they call the honeymoon period, and I think I I know I talked to Melissa about this a lot lately because, so the first two weeks, a week and a half, two weeks, I was out of the hospital. It felt like I never had Parkinson's. Like you know, like I it was great. I was like, this is what I felt like before I had Parkinson's. I can move fine. I can you know, my smile. I felt like I was smiling more. I you know, I was like all everything was back to the way it used to be. Um, and now within the past week or so, it started to slowly creep back in there, like foot cramping up. And but why? Because it tells like because you I think your body your body is getting used to that probe being in there. You know, it's but caused you, by you trauma. But you're going back to where you were because you don't have the implant. Yeah, the to implant. Turn it on. The implant's not turned. There's right. no. There's no nothing to turn on right now. It's just. Just, it's a slow process of yeah so it's been like so for like two weeks i was riding my bike again and i was out uh-uh. doing th- yeah i was like i was doing things i hadn't done in forever because i like i said I, my balance felt good i yeah i didn't feel tired all the time i was like this is great this is what like was like before i had yeah. pd and then like i said in the past week it's like oh my foot cramped up this morning and yeah. i couldn't hardly walk on it again and then and you're slower you know, in your I'm movements. slower in my movements i you know i'm like i was just setting my hands on you're like that was slow I'm like, oh. <laughs> i was but, watching i was like going down like this yeah. and that's yeah but so the the exciting part is you had that two week of, oh it was worth it just hanging yeah. out two weeks if not. but i mean but it, that when they turn you on in august oh right? uh, yeah the end of august um then I know it still takes time after that, but essentially you're going to feel... Yeah, so hopefully I'll get the same feel. If I'm lucky, I'll get the same feeling for two weeks after they do this probe 
mm-hmm. on, the, on the right side. You know, get that feeling, get back again, hopefully. And then, um, like I said, the, about two weeks after that, they'll do the, the battery implant, and then they turn it on the August 23rd. And you're still on medication? I'm still on medication. Yeah. You know I kind of cut some of it out. Did you? I didn't tell anybody that, though. Oh, I hope your doctor's not listening. I don't know. <laughs> I think he watches sometimes. Um, anything else that you would like to share that you wish you knew? Yeah, like I said, there. You know, we we all made it sound like it was like great, and then it, you know, there was nothing to it. It, it is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Um, you know, the my family was scared. My son was scared. You know, even though um, the vendor that I've chose the the device I chose to use a vendor rep met with him and went over in depth like how how things are going to go, mm-hmm. how it works, what it's going to do, and so he was very, he felt comfortable with that. He met with, he met with a surgeon, you know, and the surgeon went over everything and stuff, and so mm-hmm. um, put him at ease a little bit. But it, it is it's you have that moment you're like, what the heck am I doing? Like, get me out of here! I'm not that bad off mm-hmm. um, moment. But um, at the end of the day, I'm glad I've done done the right the left side, yeah. I guess, or you know, done the one side, and I can't Good. wait to get the other side done. Good. I like to equate it to the example I gave you. It's like you're. When I was having the twins and I was going in for my C-section, you're laying on the table. It's like, well, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this to happen, yeah. but it's coming. Yeah, there's like I said, it, it was like one of those. The whole time I was going down the hallway, I'm like, I'm not there yet. I can not. I can. I can back out. I can back out. I can back out. There's nobody's cutting anything open. I, I can go. I can get off this bed and run the other way. And then, like I said, I talk myself back off the ledge a little bit. I'm glad you didn't jump out a window or anything. Yeah, so that's good. Windows. Well, good. Well, we will definitely hear more from you. So next week you get your other side done. August, you get your battery. And the end of August, they turn it on. Correct. Right? Okay. So we'll be, we'll get updates yep. all in between. So. Good times. Thank you for sharing it's nothing this else. very personal it's, journey. Oh, there's nothing more I'd want to do than Amen. share with you guys. <laughs> Love it. All right. So in our last 30 seconds, if it's 30 seconds or not, we're not really always sure. But um, actually, before we leave it to their last 30 seconds, please make sure that you subscribe. Yes. That subscribe button. Recommend us to friends or send us to anybody in your community um, because we're going to follow along Brian's journey um, and also have other more interesting, exciting topics. Exciting topics coming your way. Yes. So anyways, though, I will leave you the rest with this. So far, we've talked to Roz, we've talked to Steve, and now Brian. Hopefully, the awareness is growing that there are things other than medication that is, in, that is available. Um, is medication still important? Absolutely. But talk to your doctor if you think you could be a candidate for DBS, or deep brain stimulation. Because there's never a better time to try and feel like yourself again than like the present. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll check in with you again soon. Thank you. Thanks. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is produced by Melissa Carlson and Steve Brandenburg. To contact us, email info at thesecretlifeofpd.org. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. You are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.